0: Chris Hatton with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Chris Nansen, Program Director of the Oregon Surgical Institute Hip and Knee Arthroplasty Program, for a fireside chat about the big trends and topics in orthopedics, spine, and surgery centers today. Dr. Nansen, thank you so much for being here.
1: Well, thanks for having me. Pleasure to join.
0: So before we dive into our discussion today, uh, could you tell us just a little bit more about yourself and your background?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I uh, am a uh, fellowship-trained uh, hip and knee replacement surgeon. Uh, uh, Native Oregonian, uh, but trained uh, all over the country. Uh, did my fellowship at Ortho Carolina, and now am um, part of a group. Uh, we developed uh, surgery center, really the first one in the region that was kind of specifically built for doing total joints in the ASC setting. Um, We started this project about 2015. We opened in 2018, and now we're over four years in. Um, And uh, so, I've been serving as the program director for our outpatient arthroplasty program, Um, and uh, proud to say that we were the highest volume total joint facility in the state, including all hospitals, last year in the state of Oregon. So, um, that's kind of what we've been doing out west here, and uh, and things are going fairly well.
0: Well, that's so great to hear. Um, So what trends are you currently following most closely today in healthcare?
1: Um, Really, it's, uh, it seems to be particularly in orthopedics, um, uh, a lot about consolidation we've got a very fragmented market here, uh, with a lot of small groups, uh, kind of traditional uh, small fee for service practices. Um, not a lot of big groups, uh, you know, no, uh, no Rothmans, uh, or, you know, or core, uh, type, uh, you know, mega groups, uh, out here. And so, uh, really following a lot of the, uh, the consolidation trends, um, and, uh, the, uh, um, ability to utilize technology and AI, uh, to manage more population, uh, size level health. And, and, uh, that's, uh, that's kind of got a lot of my attention right now.
0: Interesting. So how do you see orthopedic spine and ASCs evolving uh, in the next two years?
1: Well, I think uh, we're going to see in, in smaller markets like ours uh, uh, that increased trend for consolidation, uh, formation of bigger groups. Um, I think in, you know, in certain places you're going to see, um, you know, larger organizations moving in. Um, you know, we're seeing uh, Rothman Institute, uh, you know, expanding its footprint into Seattle. Um uh, you have, uh, you're going have a lot of uh, um, a lot of groups trying to engage more in population level uh, management of orthopedic issues. Um, I think payers are, are interested primarily in, in managing everything musculoskeletal rather than just trying to manage the one small piece of musculoskeletal surgery. And so uh, I think being able to create an organization that's responsive and uh, has a good, technology base and, and good partnerships um, so that you can manage not only the the surgical piece through your ASC uh, which I think is vital um, but uh, but also the non-operative piece um, through your office uh, and, and managing that with uh, um, your ancillary providers such as uh, physician assistants um, nurse practitioners other other folks to kind of help uh, see those patients and, and manage that care uh, so I think you've You've really got to build a robust organization, uh, not only with orthopedic surgeons, um, but with, uh, with other providers that can, uh, that can help manage the patient burden, um, yeah. as well as the technology to keep things consistent and maintain high quality outcomes, uh, in addition to uh, ensuring that you've got a robust ASC program so that you can get these surgeries done, because we're seeing the stress on the hospital systems really nationwide has, has kind of proven too much for, for the hospitals, particularly in our area. Uh, To handle the volume of patient care they need to, they just uh, they haven't been able to to kind of come back from the COVID and the staffing hit.
0: Interesting, and I see you kind of you kind of touched touched on my next question towards the end. With uh, I was wondering, what challenges uh, do you believe are ahead?
1: So um, you know, I think uh, you you have to you have to deal with uh, with obviously the the current challenges of, of staffing issues uh, maintaining uh, you know a, a happy staff uh, maintaining a consistent staff so that uh, you know you can you have good quality consistent outcomes um, I think that's that's kind of something that we're all living in right now uh, certainly the hospitals are struggling more than we are um, but um, as we kind of move beyond that I think you know the biggest challenge is going to be you um, maintaining the driver's seat in healthcare, uh, as, uh, as, uh, physicians and physician-led organizations. Uh, I think, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a little bit of an adapt or die strategy, uh, and, and you do need to have some size and you need to have some, some robust measures in place. Um, I think a lot of physicians, um, want to be physicians and they, and they, they, they don't want to necessarily manage, uh, a large organization. I think that's, uh, it's challenging to uh, ensure that you've got the, the right leaders in position uh, so that uh, the docs can be docs and, and take care of patients. Um, and uh, I think that's going to be a, a real kind of paradigm shift uh, in in medicine, is uh, you know moving away from the the uh, small practice uh, kind of country doc mentality to uh, you know we really need to be a healthcare organization um, and and uh, and do it better than the hospitals have traditionally done. Because, like I said, they're part of their struggles. I think are are due to um, their difficulty in in managing their staff and keeping their staff uh, happy and engaged, uh, and and that's why they're having a lot of staffing issues right now.
0: Interesting. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us today?
1: Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity, uh, and, you know, I don't want to sound too pessimistic. I think there's a lot of opportunity. I think there's room for growth. I think there's room for positive change and, and, uh, and personally, I'm excited to, to kind of move on to, to the next, uh, generation of healthcare, uh, as we, as we move through the post COVID era or the, the living with COVID era era, I should say, um, and, uh, you know, I think there's, a, there's just a lot, of, uh, a lot of space for, for smart, motivated, um, you know, driven people to, to be in the healthcare space and, and uh, create some innovation and some change for the betterment of patient care uh, and uh, really to improve uh, how we interact. And, and uh, it's very exciting to be in the ASC space uh, and, uh, and seeing all of this come down and uh, being provided the opportunity to, to actually maybe contribute to, to some of the change and, and making America's healthcare system better. So um, it's uh, it's a daunting task, but uh, I think uh, I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic.
0: Well, thank you so much, um, Dr. Nansen, for that fascinating discussion. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future.
1: All right. Well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure talking today.